Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here today with saxophonist and educator J.P. Balmont. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Good morning, good day, good evening, good whatever time it is for you. This is San Diego Sessions. I'm your host, Ed Kornhauser. I'm the other host, saxophonist Ian Tordella. And we're uh, lucky enough to be joined here in the studio, uh, air quotes there, uh, by saxophonist, uh, uh, multi-instrumentalist, educator, all-around cool dude, J.P. Balmont. How did I do on that, by the way? That's great. Okay. It's perfect. No complaints here. We were talking French names scare me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, yeah. And I, that's why I go by JP because it's Jean Paul. But growing up, everyone butchered and called me Jean Paul Belmat. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine, you know. Oh, I can. My, the, the JP is, is a little easier for people. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a ring to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, before we start, we're going to do the name game. This is our segment. This versus that. I have some questions for Ed Kornhauser here. A question away. These are two musicians or other person of note, and Ed will have to pick one and only one. Okay, first up, New York bassist, New York based bassist Mm -hmm. Thomas Morgan versus Polish trumpet legend Tomasz Stanko. I'm going to put the stank on it and go with Tomas Stanko. I love his playing. Yeah. I really, and his composing too. Um, he's on, I know he's put on stuff on like ECM. I've got a couple of records of his and big fan. Such happy, uplifting music. I too. know, but that tends not to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I like lounging around and listening to Tom Waits records. That's oh, not man. <laughs> well, Tomas Stanko would be a perfect uh, compliment to that. Yeah, exactly. Super dark. I like dark and moody. Uh, next up, hopefully I haven't done done this one already. David Sanchez, or perhaps it's David Sanchez versus Antonio, Antonio drummer Sanchez. Antonio Sanchez. I'm pretty, so tenor. Sh- I'm pretty sure you did. Uh, what do you think today? Uh, <laughs> I still think I'm going to go with Antonio Sanchez. He's a beast. Nice. Okay. We're going through him today. We're just knocking it's him rapid, out. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Boom, boom, beam. The last one, two icons legends in their own minds um pianist keith jarrett versus guitarist and is he a guitarist and vocalist keith richards oh <laughs> it took me a second to wow yeah. what is he I was like, Who is keith? oh god mick just... jagger sings i know about that oh i don't know either i don't know does he actually he plays guitar right sure yeah god, wow good thing we don't do a rock yeah. podcast jeez <laughs> This is embarrassing. Oh, there's Keith Richards, and then there's Ronnie Wood. Does Ronnie Wood play bass? Who? 
And then there's who's Cor- in the Beatles anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Uh, I'm going with Keith Jarrett. It's probably a safe, yeah. safe one there. Okay. Is it? Is it? I don't know if it's true, but I heard years ago that Keith Richards always go, he, go, he goes over to Switzerland every year and gets his blood replaced. Weird. Doesn't everyone? Yeah. I just uh. feel bad for the person that gets Keith Richards' blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a yeah. joke. I'm stealing that yeah. joke. That's not my joke. I don't even remember who. But yeah, Keith Jarrett, super influential to me, um, as well as a lot of people. Famous pianist, multi instrumentalist, composer, giant jerk face. Great singer too. Mm-hmm. The worst is when he sings and he's not playing. It's just like he plays a line like. Oh, it's like in between his playing as he's standing up there in his 70s tight pants. He's basically humping the piano. It's it's an experience. He's a rock star in his own right. Exactly. Yeah. No, his 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 solo concerts, his improvisations, his trio work. I love his, even his early stuff with like Gary Burton and, and all that. Like, um, I don't mind his saxophone playing. Do you? Saxophone playing? No yeah. comment. Yeah, no. You play sax? Yeah. I uh, no, Well, I have to go with Ian on this one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was This Versus That with Ed Kornhauser. Uh, but again, we're here with our guest, J.P. Balmont, and we're going to hear something from his ensemble, Euphoria Brass Band. This first one is called Bitter's Blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
We're back on San Diego Sessions. You just heard Euphoria Brass Band with their tune Bitters Blues, and that was composed by our guest. I think that featured him on baritone saxophone, J.P. Balmont. And uh, today we're recording over at Dirty Boulevard West, a.k.a. Victory Mansions. So you might hear an airplane coming over right about now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Whereas Ian's place, only a few blocks away, is slightly under the flight path. I am pretty much directly under the flight path. I live in a modest studio apartment, but today it's a modest studio. <laughs> we, don't, we don't rehearse this. This is 100% genuine. Um, so yeah, we, we, uh, we were talking on the break. That's got kind of, uh, it's a little bit of a departure from the sort of traditional New Orleans second line parade band kind of feel. And yeah. it's a little bit more clubby and dancey and funky and it's cool. And you, this, is a, this is the kind of stuff that you write and you kind of do as a group more. Yeah, I mean, this is the stuff that we're really passionate about, you know, kind of the inspired by the 1980s revival of brass band music in New Orleans. So Dirty Dozen Brass Band, Rebirth Brass Band, um, you know, it, it, it's based off of the music that was formed in New Orleans earlier in the traditional jazz. But it was definitely inspired by the times in the 80s, which was funk and hip hop and rap and just, you know, just had a different texture to it. Totally. Um and you do the traditional repertoire as well, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that stuff is, you know, it, it's kind of, um, it's demanded by a lot of the, the, the events that, right. that we do. They want to hear When the Saints, and, you know, so we do it. It's, it's in our repertoire, but if we're going to pick stuff to record, it's, it's usually on this side of things. It is a bit timeless, yeah. It is, yeah. you know, and it makes people happy. And in the end, that's what we're kind of about. You know, we're Euphoria Brass Band, so it's... It's uplifting music, and we try to put someone in the you know in a good place. So, who all plays in this group besides you? It's kind of a large cast. It is. So, it's a seven-piece band. Um, we have some guest artists too on that album. Uh, so, it's me on Barry mostly, and then I also play alto sax and clarinet. Uh, David Jackson on tenor saxophone, April West on trombone, Stephen Ebner on trumpet, Wayne Rice on sousaphone, Drew Miller on bass drum, and then Ron Boshin on snare drum and cymbals. Nice. And how did the group first like come together? Cause you've been together for a minute now. Like. Yeah, it's been it's been a little over seven years now. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So after um, Hurricane Katrina, uh, Ron Boshin and uh, David Bandrowski were both in New Orleans. They moved to San Diego after Hurricane Katrina, and they had been New Orleans residents for you know thirty years or something. And they just loved this music, and they were you know they played professionally in New Orleans. So when they came over to San Diego. Uh, they heard Drew Miller, who's a radio host on 88.3. He's right. got a New Orleans um, radio show called The Second Line Time. Parade. Yeah. Yeah. And so Ron and uh, David Bandrowski got a hold of Drew and said, hey, you know, can we do this in San Diego? Can we do brass band music? Can we do New Orleans stuff? I said, sure. And so uh, I knew Drew from uh, being an educator and, and performer here in San Diego. And so I got the call to do saxophone and clarinet. And then he called up a bunch of other uh, musician friends and we kind of just formed this group and started playing and it's pretty much the same cast. Wow. That's great. It's a, it's a great, it's a great sound. It's cool to hear you guys like on stage doing your own thing. It's cool. To see, I've seen you guys march around too. And it's, it's, <laughs> yep. it's a, it's a really fun time. Oh, uh, thanks. Man. Some, they, I mean, there's, there's great individuals in the band, but like together you make something a lot bigger than that. And it's really fun to, fun to see. Thanks. Um, on a personal level, like how did you become so interested in New Orleans music in general? 
Well, I mean, I was really lucky. Um, I got started in jazz at a pretty young age here in San Diego uh, and a great saxophone teacher growing up, Tony Bonatti, who was, um, you know, professional here in town. And I started playing jazz when I was fourth and fifth grade. And, and they got hooked up with an all city jazz band um, when I was in middle school and high school with some just fantastic players. Uh, and then when I went to when I went to high school, I went to Mission Bay High School, and they had a traditional jazz program there. Oh wow! So it was it was there back then. Too. It was yeah. It was it started uh, back in the eighties. Wow. Um, when they kind of had funding cut to the arts programs, they had to form smaller groups because you had less students at the school. And so this was a smaller group that uh, could go out and perform in the community, and no one else was doing traditional jazz. And the uh, music director Ray Vinoli. Um, had this background in traditional jazz. He was, you know, in love with Louis Armstrong and wanted to kind of keep this music alive. And so he started this program, this traditional jazz program in Mission Bay. And I was lucky enough to be in it his last two years of teaching. And I fell in love with the music and, and the musicians and uh, the program. And so I went through Mission Bay High School. Then I went over to San Diego State got my bachelor's and came back and started teaching at Mission Bay. I was going to say, this is kind of a welcome back Cotter sort of a situation to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. You know, I've, I've got deep roots in that community and, and it's just, for me, it's, it's, it's home. And so every day I get to step into my, you know, my, my old high school and, and be able to continue that program and hopefully inspire the next generation. Were you reviving uh, uh, the New Orleans, the traditional jazz group, or had it was still going, and you kind of just took that, took the ball and ran with it. Um, no, when I got there, there was no program at all, no music program, no music all. program. Oh, wow. So they had they had ended it uh, for pretty much two years. So really? I, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started, you know, I was fresh out of college, twenty two years old. This was my first gig as a teacher. Hmm. You know, I had maybe twenty musicians that could play an instrument. And oh, wow. I was responsible for starting this this program, and you know now I'm going to be celebrating my 13th year wow. teaching. And luckily, it's just it's grown over the years, and we've got you know I'm teaching six ensembles now. Oh wow! So um, it's, it's and it's grown from more than just. Did you start just with the preservationists, or that, that we should say that's the name of the yeah that's traditional that's the name group. of the group. So we've got the the preservationists, which are is our top uh, performance group, New Orleans jazz. You know, I, I did. I started that group because I knew how powerful it was to get them out in the community to inspire all the younger students to be like, oh, I need to go to Mission Bay. I need to be in this program because that's how I was inspired. So we, we definitely installed that program from the beginning. And then, you know, we had 60 kids in our beginning band and we had a concert band where students that had played for maybe one or two years mm. And through that, we've grown it to, you know, have a full orchestra, a string orchestra, a concert band. We've got a mambo orchestra, our traditional jazz band, and a vocal jazz program. Wow. That's, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's kind of taken on a life of its own now. Yeah. It really has. It, it keeps me very busy um, over the year. But it's, you know, it's great and it allows me to, to play. And, and uh, I, you know, I love the music that we're doing. I love the students. And uh, luckily, I'm able to to still have a professional career um, performing as well as educating. Yeah. Well, I, I, and for those who are outside of San Diego, you know, I mean, Mission Bay High School has a legendary status as a, as a local school because a lot of jazz and funk players came from there, like Hollis Gentry mm -hmm. and maybe seven other people I can't think of off the top of my head. <laughs> James Aller, trumpet player uh -huh. in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I mean, Brad Steinway. Oh, okay. He's a graduate. Joey Carano. Oh, yeah. Uh, went to Mission Bay. Hmm. Uh, Frank Zappa. Zappa. <laughs> no way. Zappa was there for two years. He didn't graduate from Mission Bay High School. Uh, but I've, I've seen pictures of him in the old yearbooks uh, wailing on the timpani. I think he played percussion. Whoa. Um, but yeah, you know, our little claim to fame there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I've, and I've been aware that they've had a very strong music program uh, for many years. I, I remember hearing an interview with you on the radio a long time ago. I don't remember how many years ago. Less than 13, obviously. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> but you were talking about the program. And it's actually funny. I think I've, I I remember hearing that interview. And then I think I met you later. And I'm like, for some reason, that memory stuck in my head. I'm like, oh, that's who I heard yeah. on the radio. Oh, um, and yeah. But you offer, there's also a lot of classes for the students. Like, um, I believe, like music, like theory and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I integrate a lot of music theory into what I do. Because we do have a lot of students that go on and pursue careers in music. Uh, so I, I just want to make sure they're prepared for the real world. So Ab- absolutely. I, I went to, I went to Coronado high and we had a bunch of theory and history and that it's so helped. But by the time I got to college, I'm like, Oh, I'm learning some new stuff, but I have a really good, strong core. And so this isn't as intimidating as I didn't go under the water so quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as you, as long as you have a foundation. And I mean, I unfortunately didn't have a lot of that when I went to mission Bay high school, I was, I was a good performer and, um, you know, I had, I had some good tools to work with, but I was missing a lot of the, the theory background. So when I went to state, it was kind of a wake up call, like, okay, we got we have some work to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Music theory can be, is often that, that freshman year theory is like, whoo. Yeah. I remember sight singing was my, my big scare. Oh yeah. But that's cool. That you're giving the kids that early given that. Yeah. And they're really receptive to it, which is, which is cool to see them take it on and then apply it. I mean, jazz is this amazing thing where you're applying theory and, and knowledge of how music works every single time you pick up your instrument. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it, we're playing jazz, but like having such a strong basis in like classical theory, really it informs your playing. It, it allows you to hear the structure around you in an intelligent yeah. way. So you're not just guessing and stabbing in the dark. It's a, uh, I mean, ultimately you just gotta, you just gotta like tap into something and let, let, you know, your music flow out. But like, it still gives you like a nice framework to kind of visualize stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I know the kids have gotten to do some traveling with you as well, musically. They're lucky, lucky yeah. kids. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, nothing, I nothing like when I was in high school. We uh, we just got back from New Orleans uh, from spring semester. We were there for about five days performing um, at a bunch of different venues and working with some fantastic musicians. We were at Preservation Hall. We got to work with Ashlyn Parker, who is just this awesome young trumpet player uh, coming through New Orleans now and um, playing at the Palm Court and all these different, you know, iconic places within New Orleans. And then the year before, we got to go to Japan, uh, sorry, Japan, which was just an amazing experience culturally, uh, musically, um, you know, it, it really changed the lives of our of our musicians, and it was an eye-opening experience for right. everyone involved. I've heard that, you know, Japan still has a very strong jazz scene, and, and there's a big sort of cultural love of jazz still, although I've heard it was stronger in the past, but it's still quite true now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And where we where we played in, um, we stayed in Yokohama, which was actually kind of the it's the birthplace of the love of jazz in Japan. And so if you go around Yokohama downtown, I mean, there's jazz clubs all over the place. There's people playing all different forms of jazz from traditional jazz to avant garde. Mm. Uh, we went to Tokyo for, for a few days. And I, I was meeting musicians all over the place. We sat in on a bunch of jam sessions. Yeah. And I mean, you couldn't tell the difference between jam sessions in the United States and Japan. No. We no. all have the same kind of repertoire we're playing, and it's so neat to see There's some, how I, that I, works. I met some wonderful, wonderful players over there. Yeah, it was, it's, really, it's really cool. A lot of, um, one thing I did notice in jam sessions in Japan, there's like no like gender barrier. It's like you see so many great female musicians yeah. over there. And, and I go, you know, it's, it's, there's no sort of cultural thing like, oh, you want to play this? Go for it. Go for it. I hope that I, I see that less here, but I see that changing here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, our scene in San Diego has is, is gotten so much better. You know, I can, I can only compare it to what I saw as a kid growing up, and I'm sure, you know, Same, you yeah. can as well. You know, there, there, there wasn't all these great resources that we have now. Yeah. And now it seems to be changing for the better, which makes me, like, really excited. Yeah. No, as an, edu- as an educator, it's amazing to see so much support for our, our younger generation. Are you guys planning on going back to Japan? And can Ed and I come too? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Actually, we are. We. I just met with. Uh, we're we're hooked up with the Yokohama San Diego City, um, society, and we're going to be heading back in April. So we're oh, super terrific. excited wow. for that. We're going to yeah. be doing fundraising throughout the year. Oh, the um, cherry blossoms will be cherry blossoms will be blooming in April. That's going to be wicked. It was amazing. We, when we were there two years ago, it was prime time for cherry blossoms, and yeah, it's beautiful. One of the most beautiful cities I've ever I've ever traveled to. I didn't get down to Yoko. I spent I went to Tokyo, but I did get down to Yokohama the past two towns I've gone. But I'll, I'll make sure to make that the stop on my next trip. Um, speaking of, of traveling, has the has Euphoria gotten to do much touring, or do you mostly play around San Diego? You know, we're we're mostly based here in San Diego. We don't do a lot of touring because a lot of us are also professionals and other things. So I'm I'm teaching during the year. April oh. West is also a teacher. Um, Wayne Rice is a he's a lawyer. I kind of wondered if yeah, he, <laughs> I hate to say it, but looking at him, like I bet he's a lawyer. I kind of I had a hunch something with the legal profession. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you wouldn't know it by listening to him, though. No, no, and I think that's his therapy because <laughs> yeah. he, he deals with all this stuff in law, and he needs to he needs to play, and so it's been a good outlet for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're all kind of tied um, down with, with, with other stuff. And I don't want to say tied down, but we have other things going on in town. Uh, but we did have a chance to go to new Orleans and play, uh, the beginning of Mardi Gras, uh, parade season. So we played in Crew de Vue, which is the first, the kind of the opening parade in Mardi Gras season, which is about two weeks long. And, uh, we played at the end of January. Crew de Vue goes through the French quarter. It's one of the oldest parades, um, in New Orleans, all horse-drawn carriages, and wow. it was just such an incredible experience. Oh, I bet. I went to New Orleans last, last yeah, beginning of last year, and I had a, I had a blast. It was just so much good music everywhere I went, and different kinds, too. It was, yeah. really, it was really fun. Well, and you'll see the same musicians playing in traditional jazz bands, playing in funk bands, playing in cover bands. Yeah. I mean, most of these guys, they're playing three sets a day. Um and you know everyone's just very open musically. They they want to have a good time. They want to play you know music that 
that they find interesting, but they're open to kind of do whatever. And everyone's very inviting. You want to sit in, sure, bring your horn and and uh, and play along. So yeah, I always I always love traveling to New Orleans and and meeting all the different musicians there. And we, uh, with Euphoria, you guys play a lot in town too. And because you play, uh, I don't know, brass band music and not straight ahead jazz, it seems like you guys have access to a lot of different venues that you might not hear just a quartet in. Like I've seen you at Winston's a couple times and all the street festivals. Or we were talking before, you guys are going to be playing at Adams Avenue Street Fair at the end of the month, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you started the band, did, did you feel you were filling a hole in the scene that people were hungry for brass band music and whether modern or traditional? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we were all kind of surprised um, how successful the band was in the beginning. And like you said, we were getting invited to all of these different venues. You know, we were playing the belly up. Um, we were playing Casbah. We were playing uh, Winston's, the the music box anthology, you know, when it was anthology. Mm. And all these doors were opening up and it really seemed like people were were in need of this music. We were doing a lot of um, weddings from people, you know, transplants from Louisiana that wanted this New Orleans second line experience. And I mean, you know, weddings are just such beautiful things to to play at because people are so happy and they're celebrating and, you know, everyone's happy to be there. So it's it's really an honor for us to be a part of that. We were doing jazz funerals. Really? Uh, Right. Yeah. Wow. And so we've played a lot of jazz funerals throughout, you know, our, our career in the band. And that's also a really touching uh, experience. We played, you know, something that I really remember is uh, Candy Cane, who was oh, yeah. a, uh, a great uh, musician um, in San Diego for a long time. She passed and we did a big uh, memorial second line for her. And oh, she would have loved that. That's really cool. We just had hundreds and hundreds of people that came out for that. And, you know, it's experiences like that. We were like, as a musician, it just really makes you feel good. And of course, playing music. And for me as a composer, you know, it's really nice that I get to play original music that is accessible for people to listen to. And, you know, they like it. And of course, you know, we're playing stuff that is also danceable for the most part. Uh, People want to have a good time. And, you know, we're we're there to kind of, um, like you said, fill that niche. That's that's really you don't you don't see that anywhere else in San Diego. Yeah. If, if, if I may share uh, my favorite Euphoria Brass Band story, it was when you guys played uh, two, or not this year, but the previous year, the Water for People thing that I've done with Matt Smith. Yeah. So not, not this last year, but 2017. Yeah. You guys were up there. You were playing a tune. I can't remember what it was, but it involved the horn section turning left to right in rhythm. <laughs> you know, you were going like that. You guys were just going, and somebody hit a beach ball that was bouncing around the crowd and it went up probably accidentally, hopefully <laughs> towards Maybe. the stage. Yeah. And Steve, the trumpet player, was, was just, he was mid turning and the beach ball came and he took one hand off his trumpet and he punched the beach ball back and he did not break the left <laughs> and right movement. It was perfect. Oh yes. We're it trained was, professionals in what we do. <laughs> I, I was, I, I might've been um, slightly toasted, but I couldn't stop laughing. That was so funny. That was just, it was flawless. He didn't miss a beat. He was oh, still playing his funny. trumpet. He was still moving and dancing and he just knocked that beach ball back into the crowd without yep. batting an eye. It was great. It's always an adventure with euphoria. Yeah. Steve Ebner, total pro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I talked to him afterwards. He's like, Oh my God, I'm glad somebody saw that. <laughs> 
All right, well, we're going to get into another tune from Euphoria, and this will take us up into our break and station identification. This one is called Rosarito Bus Stop. Here's your jazz forecast for September 17th through the 30th. As always, here are the regular happenings. On Mondays, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, 21 and up. On Wednesdays, Gilbert Castellanos hosts his long-standing Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come down early to hear the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. Every Friday, flutist Holly Hoffman presents Jazz Happy Hour at the Handlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. No cover and parking is validated. On Friday, September 21st, catch legendary L.A. guitarist Ron Achete with Rob Whitlock on keys and Tim McMahon on drums. The following Friday, September 28th, 
pianist Mikan Zlakovich brings his trio with Antar Martin bass and Duncan Moore drums. Also Fridays, Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate in the Plaza Bar of the Westgate Hotel. Music from 8 to 11 p.m. Also on Saturdays, catch vocalist and guitarist Steph Johnson and friends at the Westgate from 8 to 11. Now here are the jazz highlights for the coming weeks. Wednesday, September 19th, trombonist Matt Hall plays in an organ trio setting with Ed Kornhauser on keys at 7 grand from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Thursday, September 20th, accordionist Sam Ryder brings his collective of jazz and bluegrass musicians, Human Hands, to the Museum of Making Music in Carlsbad at 7 p.m. Friday, September 21st, saxophonist Rob Dove and his quartet play Dizzy's at 8 p.m. with pianist Hugo Suarez, bassist Mac Layton, and drummer Tyler Crutel. Way up in San Marcos the same night, trombonist and local weatherman Dave Scott and his group play at Northern Spirits at 7.30 p.m. Saturday, September 22nd, pianist Joshua White is at Dizzy's with bassist Dean Hewlett, drummer Tyler Crutel, and soprano saxophonist Kamal Kenyatta. Music starts at 8 p.m. with a $20 cover. Sunday, September 23rd. Tim Felton and crew host their monthly funk jam at Panama 66 in Balboa Park from 6 to 8 p.m. Check out Sundays in the Park on Facebook to see a song list and sign up. Right afterwards, go see vocalist and guitarist Steph Johnson and bassist Rob Thorson at the Turf Supper Club from 8 to 11 p.m. No cover, but you must be 21 and older. Friday the 28th, vocalist Sasha Boutros pays tribute to Sinatra at La Jolla Community Center with pianist Mikan Zlakovich. There's a reception at 7 and music starts at 8. More details on the website. The same night, saxophonist Paul Combs brings his quartet to Dizzy's with Hugo Suarez on keys, bassist Antar Martin, and drummer Matt Taylor. They start at 8 p.m. with a $15 cover. And finally, on Saturday, the 29th, composer Joe Garrison and Night People perform in concert at Encinitas Public Library at 7 p.m. The cover is 15 in advance, or 20 at the door, and this includes a copy of their new CD, The Broken Jar. You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. And welcome back to San Diego Sessions, brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. And we're coming to you today from an undisclosed location outside of downtown San Diego. Yes, please don't disclose my house. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) We heard a tune called Rosarita Bus Stop, recorded live at Panama 66, and that was followed by Barry Funk, and both of those were with Euphoria Brass Band, featuring our guest, J.P. Balmont. And uh, for all our listeners out there, don't forget to follow us on the Instagrams. Our handle is at San Diego Sessions Podcast. And as always, uh, you can go over to iTunes and give us a listen and maybe a nice review. And then, hey, why don't you hit subscribe and, you know, support us a little bit. But, hey, if you don't like us, you know, that's cool. No bad blood, nothing, nothing like that. Just maybe just stay away from that iTunes and that review thing. Just let bygones be bygones. We cool. We cool. We cool. Yeah, you don't need to get on the internet. Uh, no. But if you are in the internet and you have any comments or want to get in touch with us, you can reach us sdsessionspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always bump into us on the old Facebooks. Uh, or on the street. <laughs> and now it's time for our much anticipated segment, the San Diego 7, featuring our host, Edward Theodore Kornhauser. 
I thought about being with Theodore for a while, actually. Um, yeah, this is the San Diego 7. These are seven questions we'd like you to answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Okay. Number one, what did you have for breakfast? A plum from my tree. Oh, rad. Yeah. Just, just walked out, grabbed the plum? Yes. M- messy and delicious. Messy and delicious. Yeah. Uh, number two, how old were you when you first visited New Orleans? Uh... I want to say 26. Okay. No, earlier than that. I was in college. That was our first trip to New Orleans. So I must have been 20. I think it was 20 or 21. I, was, mm-hmm. I know it was a drinking age. Right. That's an important one. So yes, I believe mm-hmm. I was 21. And it was before I finished college. Right. So yeah. Cool. You went You went with a college trip? or No, no, no. no. We actually did a road trip. Uh, we did a cross-country road trip with my wife. And uh, we ended up on the way back stopping in new orleans because we had some family friends there and uh just enjoyed the city oh wow yeah it was, a, it was i mean it was a lot of fun must have like solidified your your love for the music too yes yeah i bet number three this is the old would you rather kind of a thing okay also ties in with a bit of new orleans would you rather only be able to eat spicy food or only be able to eat bland tasting food Oh, spicy food only. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. My, I, I, I have a deep love for spiciness. My wife's from Mexico, and I've, I've built my tolerance up for, for all kinds of spice. So yes, definitely spicy. See, I, I, I I'm a little scared because I love spicy food too. My tolerance is high. My stomach is not. <laughs> that would. Be that's the, true. That would. I that, think that's about what, that. That's what scares me. But you know, it's worth it in the end. Yeah. No I mean, who, who would choose bland tasting food? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think people who just that want, would be want a sound gut for the rest of their lives, <laughs> which I can understand. Yeah. Life's too short. Give, yeah. me, sp- give me spicy. Uh, number four, and we kind of alluded to this topic a moment ago. In terms of fruit trees, what have you found grows best here in San Diego? And I'm, uh, I'm literally asking for a friend. Uh, which for fruit trees, you know what? My favorite one that I've got in my garden is a nectaplum. Oh, like a combo? Like it's a, a hybrid combo. Nectarine thing plum. is, the best piece of fruit I think I've ever put in my mouth. Wow. And it grows really well in San Diego. And it was a recommendation from the fruit guy over at Walter and it, Walter Anderson Nursery off Pacific Highway. Cool. I do a lot of gardening. Yeah. This is my... <laughs> I, I know. I know this. My I, second passion. I, I might have uh, asked somebody about like, what is he into besides music? I always try, try to get somebody. I asked Ron. Uh, <laughs> yes. And Ron's into that too, yeah. yeah. The nectaplum. Nectaplum, good, cool. Uh, number five. This is this versus that, kind of okay. like the beginning. Professor Longhair versus Doctor John. I gotta say, Professor Longhair. Oh yeah, me too. All yeah, the way. He, I mean, he. Can, I, mean, I love Doctor John, but he's you know he studied Professor Longhair for yeah. his you know his musical ideas. He studied. Professor Longhair to get his own doctorate. I know. What, yeah. You know, right? Is that, <laughs> is that how it works? I know. I was, I was thinking like... In, I, I never thought about that. In like, yeah. in like, you know, jazz from more the north, you had all these royalty things. Count Basie, Duke mm-hmm. Ellington, you know, all that. And then New Orleans, you got these uh, academic honorifics. Yeah, that is a common thing. Yeah. You got a lot of, a lot of teach professors and doctors. And God, I love, I love Professor Longhair though. Like his sort of, he's like the Bach of New Orleans. It, like some of his like weird counter lines and piano riffs. I'm like, 
He's incredible. Oh yeah. And, this, and the, yeah, like you were saying, the piano and the kind of like the incorporation of rhythm and blues and his horn lines that yeah. he'd have in the music. And his like amazing singing that was like almost yodeling. Yeah. Yep. Oh God. Tipitina. Yeah. It's one I, of my favorites. I love his playing. Um, number six, this is this versus that again. Okay. And this is kind of a softball. Damon Tuba Gooding Jr. Bryson of the Roots versus Euphoria Brass Band's own Tuba Wayne. Oh, Tuba Wayne all the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, come on. Anyone, I just had to throw in two guys who had nicknames with Hopefully. Tuba in them. <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a former tubist myself. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Badly. But yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm totally, yeah, Tuba Wayne is like my hero. He is. He's the hardest working guy. I mean, if you think about it, he's, he's a bass player. Yeah. But he never gets to stop blowing air into his into his instrument no he's playing non-stop he's it's yeah it's a it's a thankless job but he kills it like i i find myself watching him more than anybody yeah. Yeah, um, he's incredible incredible although, musician although i have to give give credits to damon bryson for having the coolest nickname of yeah. tuba gooding jr that i think <laughs> i've ever Gooding-Jr. heard it's really good it's really good um and number seven this is just free association number seven crawfish is that a question? It's whatever you want. Yes, please. Okay. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It depends on the spice. Okay. Yeah, spicier the better. I've never been able to to do it because it's like a whole thing looking at you. It. I. I don't know. Yeah. You yeah. know what? And if you want to eat, you got to have your system down. You have to be efficient. You got because my my wife is Cajun and I eat crawfish with real Cajuns and I've oh, I've eaten like ten crawfish and they're they're they've they're already on crawfish number one hundred and one because they're just peeling them apart. Oh, there's there's you a know? whole system to it. We do the crawfish boil yeah. every year huh. um, that LSU throws and yeah, we get a just a table, just a mountain full of crawfish. So we've had some good practice over the years. I played it at slight sidebar here. I, I was at Gator by the Bay doing a gig. And it was the last day, so the craw- they have a crawfish semi-truck that comes from New Orleans, yep. and they were closing down. So they sold me 47 pounds of crawfish <laughs> for, I think, 25 bucks. Oh, my but, um, God. It's so crowded to get into wow. Bay- Gator by the Bay. I didn't oh, yeah. have my car, and I had all my gear. So I'm carrying all my gear and a sack of live crawfish. Oh, live? Oh, I- live. oh yeah, they got to be live. Yeah, it's like lobster. So they're crawling around in there, oh. and it's in a mesh bag. It's just mesh. <laughs> oh. And I get into this Uber driver's Prius no. No. with live seafood. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was, it was excellent. Oh, I hope you tipped um, him well. I can't remember. Oh, he's not getting that smell out for a while. <laughs> It was hilarious. All right, that was uh, San Diego 7 featuring Ed Kornhauser and our guest, JP. Uh, JP, we wanted to get into a few other things. You're, you're playing in a great new band here in San Diego playing Barry. It's called the KSDS Jazz Orchestra that's uh, headed up by Gilbert Castellanos. How did that group come together, and uh, how long have you guys been playing together? We've been playing together for about a year now, and it really happened uh, because Ken Post and the station manager over 88.3 got these amazing charts. Um, and it was all the early Dizzy Gillespie, Chano Pozo um, charts that, you know, that have been recorded so many great times, and they wanted to do a jazz live. And so Ken asked uh, Gilbert to put together a, a big band so that we could play these charts and, and you know, have it featured on jazz live and I was just lucky enough to get the call to play 
uh, the Barry chair, and it was kind of, you know, one of the most exciting things uh, for me to, to play this amazing music and with a, you know, host of just fantastic musicians yeah. um, in that group. And you guys have gotten to do quite a few gigs since then, too, but it's a killer saxophone section in that band. It's usually Christopher Holiday, mm-hmm. Dick McGuane, you, often uh, Robert Dove on tenor, and then another tenor player, sometimes Ian, I- Ian Buss. Yeah. The alter Ian, we call him. The alter yeah. Ian. The bizarre world Egan. <laughs> Ian. Yeah. Egan. Yeah, and of course the brass section's incredible. Um and you've got to do several concerts. I think you've 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 performed several times as like the the backing ensemble for like a specific artist. Yeah, I mean we've done a lot of opening shows. We did one for Dr. John um last year for the Summer Pops. Um we we've played behind a lot of different musicians here in town. I mean Sue Palmer um, oh, I, I meant with the KSDS group. Actually. Oh, with the KSDS yeah, yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just did um, we did summer pops with John Fattis and Hustle Mario. Oh, wow! Yeah. And that was an amazing experience. I mean, John Fattis is just <laughs> kind of mind blowing, you know, kind of like this this dizzy Gillespie, and hitting these ridiculous notes, and just sitting in rehearsal with him before we did the show was was a really amazing experience of course he's pointing his trumpet straight at the saxophone section in the front row so our ears were pretty much shot by the end of this rehearsal you got full frontal fattest full frontal fattest <laughs> <laughs> yes ed we did <laughs> but you yeah, have any children you might want them to tune out right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and on that note i thought we'd come back from that i'm really sorry <laughs> and it, in addition to the the KSTS Jazz Orchestra, you've also recently gotten to record with a group called Cabani Jazz. Yeah, the Cabani Jazz Project, uh, actually headed by Javier Cabanillas, who's a, a, a conga player. Uh, we actually met San Diego State, and we played oh. in Kevin Delgado's uh, Latin Jazz Ensemble Wicked. that he started right when he started teaching at State. Uh, it was actually my freshman year there. And so we started playing in that group, and then he lived in uh, Tijuana, and he formed his own group, and I played down there with him a few times. Then he moved up to the Bay Area, won a Grammy with a Pacific Mamba Orchestra. Oh, wow. It's kind of an amazing, amazing experience for him. And then he started back this project that we had started here in, in San Diego and Tijuana. And uh, yeah, I flew up uh, last, last summer and recorded in Oakland uh, with him and a bunch of other fantastic musicians from the Bay Area. So this is yeah this this album's been a lot of fun to do. You were the only San Diego based musician. I was the up. only San Diego oh, based musician. Gotta represent though. Heck yeah. What would what would you how would you characterize the group's vibe? Well, you know it, it's really neat because it's all it's all Latin jazz, but it's all original material hmm. that Javier wrote. And for me, that's just kind of I, I love original music. I love hearing you know what people feel musically and how they express themselves, and just to see what the musicians do with it. So it's kind of a mixture of everything. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, dan- tunes that you can dance to, uh, some more kind of esoteric uh, music in there, but it's all based in Latin rhythms and, and has a real great groove to it. As, uh, as Ian, I believe you said before, uh, drummers and by this extension, percussionists always kind of, when they're the leaders, they're always the coolest records. I'm quoting you on that more. I'm paraphrasing you. From an earlier podcast. I can look up the episode if you want. Yeah, yeah drummers always make great records. Because <laughs> they're always listening to the whole band. You know, they know what they want to hear. That's what I think. Uh, where can people find uh, find this recording? 
What is the what is the album called actually? It's actually it's the first. I think it's just Gavin the Jazz Project. Oh, Infrasonic. Sorry, I yeah. should know that because the title's on it. But yeah, you can find it on iTunes and and all those other um, CD selling internet sites out there. <laughs> and that's Kabani C A B A N I Jazz Project. Yep. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I think we're gonna take it out. But I wanted to remind our listeners. That Euphoria Brass Band is going to be playing Sunday, September 30th at Adams Avenue Street Fair. And where are you guys going to be at? We're on the Casbah stage, I believe, from 3 to 4. Casbah stage. Right on. Well, JP, thanks so much for coming in. It's been awesome having you here, even, even though Ed's here, too. He's on his phone, so I'm making <laughs> womp, fun of him. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate you coming by. And we're going to take it out with one more track. And this will be a little bit of a musical departure. This is, uh, this is the kids from uh, Mission Bay. Yeah, so this is the Mission Bay Preservationist. We just released this recording last year, Louisiana Fairy Tale. And I believe you're going to play St. Louis Blues. And it's got a lot of uh, great musicians that have graduated and now are playing professionally in San Diego. So Edward Gabrielian, great piano player. I, I love a piano Ed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Eric Wessling, who's over at Berkeley now, uh, playing guitar. Angelica Pruitt, who's based here in San Diego, bass player. Uh, Vivian Aldape, who's a great clarinet player. Sean Lambert, uh, playing tenor sax and, and vocals. Uh, Jake Halvin, who just graduated last year, fantastic drummer. And then also our, our amazing singers, Madeline Lynch and Kiana Myers. Terrific. Well, let's take it out on St. Louis Blues. St. James Infirmary I saw my baby there She was stretched out on a long white table So sweet so cold, so Jackson Square that was serving up those drinks as usual and Leonard Patton he was there he was standing at my left shoulder ooh he 
inside the old bloodshot red. It's onto that crowd all around him. And I swear these bad words that he said. Listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser, performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company.